You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning, and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Kevin McCarthy is unveiling Committed to America, Russia is threatening to use any means necessary in the war with Ukraine, and former President Trump is under investigation in New York. Here's your national news recap for the week of September 18th. The House Republican leader is unveiling a commitment to America ahead of November's midterm elections. California's Kevin McCarthy argued Republicans will do a better job than Democrats in combating soaring inflation, border surges, and violent crime. He noted Democrats control the White House and Congress and said this is their record. McCarthy said Republicans have had a plan for a new direction that'll get the U.S. back on track. McCarthy hopes to become Speaker of the House if Republicans gain control next year. The House has approved a package of policing and public safety bills. A group of progressive Democrats held up votes for a couple of hours while objecting to accountability measures in the package. House Democrat leaders finally secured the votes they needed and got voting underway. Democrats have a very slim majority and need all the votes they can muster to pass bills without Republican support. The Biden administration says Republican Lindsey Graham's abortion bill could create a nationwide health care crisis. The South Carolina senator proposed legislation that would ban abortion after 15 weeks. The director of the White House Gender Policy Council wrote in a memo that the bill would endanger pregnant individuals. Jennifer Klein went on to write, It would transform the practice of medicine by allowing doctors to be arrested if they perform abortions on patients who need it. Governor Ron DeSantis said he had to send 50 illegal immigrants on charter flights from Florida to Martha's Vineyard. He says he had no choice thanks to President Biden's failed immigration policies. He said Biden has dumped people all over the fruited plain in the middle of the night with zero notice. There are small towns getting inundated with people. He says he's glad this issue is getting the attention it deserves because it may lead to beefed up border protection. DeSantis faces several lawsuits over his relocation plan, the latest from State Senator Jason Pizzo of Miami, who wants to block him from using taxpayer dollars on the flights. DeSantis says there's a provision in the state budget allocating money for transportation flights. A now former Army reservist has been sentenced to four years in prison for his role in last year's Capitol riot. Timothy Hale Cusinelli testified that he didn't know Congress met at the Capitol. Federal Judge Trevor McFadden called the claim a laughable lie before imposing the sentence. Hale Cusinelli was remorseful during his sentencing hearing. The 32-year-old New Jersey man said, I disgraced my uniform and I disgraced the country. A Central Florida man is accused of possessing enough fentanyl to kill at least 25,000 people. 
Highlands County deputies say they found two ounces of the drug at the Lake Placid home of 47-year-old Ezra Dixon when they raided his home Tuesday. They also found fentanyl pills, cocaine, meth, and marijuana, as well as five loaded firearms. Dixon faces several drug trafficking charges, as well as armed drug trafficking and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. A new Senate bill seeks to improve the way the FBI interacts with witnesses and underage victims in sex abuse and trafficking cases. The bipartisan measure is in response to the bungled FBI investigation of former USA Gymnastics Dr. Larry Nassar in 2015. During a Senate hearing in 2021, former Olympic gymnast Michaela Maroney said the FBI had legal, legitimate evidence of child abuse and did nothing for years. Nasser is serving decades in prison for abusing underage athletes. President Biden is announcing additional relief for Puerto Rico just days after Hurricane Fiona wreaked havoc on the island. He authorized a disaster declaration before the storm hit Puerto Rico and now says 100% of federal funding will be authorized for debris removal, search and rescue, and utility restoration for the whole month. He made the announcement in New York City, which is home to the largest Puerto Rican population off the island. Biden was clear to the residents who are still recovering from Hurricane Maria five years ago that the U.S. won't walk away. Tom Donnelly is speaking out about his departure as the president of the Oxford Community School Board of Education in Michigan. He told the Detroit News he was not given documents from the district's lawyers as part of the investigation of the deadly school shooting last November. Donnelly is a local pastor and says his resignation was the direct result of two church members being verbally abused by some at the meeting aimed at recalling all board members in the wake of the shooting. Alex Jones, popular radio show host, is testifying in a case related to the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. On the stand, things got heated quickly as the judge had to remind Jones to answer questions with a simple yes or no. A prosecutor also brought up Jones calling the judge a tyrant. Jones says he only does so when someone acts like it. Outside the courthouse, Jones said he may have to plead the Fifth Amendment because the judge will throw him behind bars if he answers questions truthfully. He called it a trap and said he was behind a rock and a hard place. Jones labeled this case as a political trial and claimed he can't say he's innocent. The impact of the pandemic on education is shown in the latest statewide test scores. The Oregon Department of Education says 40% of students in grades 3 through 8 were proficient at reading and writing, which is down from 51%. In math testing, 30% of students were proficient compared to 39%. Department of Education Director Colt Gill says it shows more than ever the investment of the state's $1 billion a year business tax is needed to improve education for students. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your National News. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources from BBC News. The U.S. is taking seriously Vladimir Putin's veiled threats to use nuclear weapons to defend areas in Ukraine, a top White House official told the BBC. John Kirby said the U.S. was not changing its strategic deterrent posture, but that Mr. Putin spoke irresponsibly. On Wednesday, Russia's leader warned that his country would use all the means at its disposal to protect its territory. It came as four Ukrainian regions, part occupied by Russian forces, are about to stage snap votes on joining Russia. Ukraine and its allies call these votes a sham exercise designed to give spurious legitimacy to an illegal annexation. It is a dangerous precedent 
for Mr. Putin to be using this kind of rhetoric in the context of a war clearly that he's losing inside Ukraine. National Security Council spokesman Mr. Kirby told the BBC, we have to take these threats seriously, and we do. We've been monitoring as best as we can his nuclear capabilities. I can tell you that we don't see any indication that we need to change our strategic deterrent posture at this point. He dismissed plans for Russia to annex further parts of Ukraine as nothing more than a ploy by Vladimir Putin to try to gain through politics and electoral issues, that which he cannot gain with the military. But it's not going to work, he said. No one's going to recognize it. And what needs to happen is Mr. Putin needs to leave Ukraine. He needs to stop this war. And our second story of the day also pertains to the Ukraine and Russia crisis right now, as queues have sprung up along Russia's border as men attempt to leave the country to avoid a military call-up for the war in Ukraine. President Vladimir Putin announced a partial military mobilization on Wednesday, which could see 300,000 people summoned to serve in the war. The Kremlin says reports of fighting-age men fleeing are exaggerated. But on the border with Georgia, mile-long queues of vehicles have formed, including men trying to escape the war. One man, who did not want to be named, told the BBC he had grabbed his passport and headed to the border without packing anything immediately after President Putin's announcement because he fell into the group that could be potentially sent to the war. Some witnesses estimated the queue of cars at the upper large checkpoint to be some three miles long, while another group said it had taken seven hours to get across the border. Video from the scene showed some drivers leaving their cars or trucks temporarily in the standstill traffic. Georgia is one of the few neighboring countries that Russians can enter without needing to apply for a visa. Finland, which shares an 800-mile border with Russia, does not require a visa for travel and also reported an increase in traffic overnight, but said it was at a manageable level. Germany's interior minister signaled on Thursday that Russians fleeing the draft would be welcome in their country. Nancy Faser said deserters threatened by severe repression would receive protection on a case-by-case basis following security checks. Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, and the Czech Republic struck a different tone, saying they would not offer fleeing Russians refuge. The call-up sparked protests in major Russian cities, including Moscow and St. Petersburg, on Tuesday, resulting in a reported 1,300 arrests. For our final story of the day, veteran CNN journalist Christiane Almapour canceled an interview with Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi after he demanded she wear a headscarf for their meeting in New York. Almapour pointed out that no previous presidents had requested this when she interviewed them outside Iran. She says a Raisi aide told her it was because of the situation in Iran. The death of a woman detained in Iran for allegedly breaking the headscarf rules has sparked violent unrest there. Masa Amini 22, fell into a coma last week, hours after morality police arrested her. Officers reportedly beat Miss Amini's head with a baton and banged her head against one of their vehicles. The police has said that there's no evidence of any mistreatment and that she suffered sudden heart failure. The protests, now on their seventh day, have reached 80 other cities and towns in the Islamic Republic. At least 17 people have been killed. And that was your International News Report with Connor Brown. This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a civil lawsuit against former President Donald Trump and three of his children on accusations of fraud. The lawsuit claims that his net worth was falsely inflated in order to secure loans for his real estate business. According to The Guardian, James said her office uncovered evidence of federal criminal violations, including issuing false statements to financial institutions and bank fraud. 
Police think suitcases filled with body parts in Brooklyn may belong to a young woman. Police were called to do a wellness check on a 22-year-old woman at an apartment on Linwood Street in East New York Wednesday afternoon. They found a lot of blood and body parts in suitcases. Police are searching for a person of interest. Building residents tell the New York Post that the woman who lived in the apartment where the remains were found would often fight with her boyfriend. New York City will soon open two humanitarian emergency response and relief centers to help with the surge of asylum seekers being sent to the city. One will be in Orchard Beach and the other location is still to be determined. Mayor Eric Adams says the centers will provide services and support assistance to newly arriving migrants. That includes shelter, food, medical care, and work services. In recent months, thousands of migrants have been bused to the city from Texas and other border states, but Mayor Eric Adams expects the numbers to keep growing. Adams has been calling on the federal government for assistance. A 17-year-old was carjacked at gunpoint at a Chester County Target Monday afternoon. The victim stated that there were two suspects who each had a gun and they stole his wallet and his car. This is only the latest of many incidents of carjacking in local areas recently. Three suspects are in custody following a police-involved shooting in North Philadelphia Thursday morning. Police were in the process of serving a warrant to a residence on North 6th Street when a confrontation began. A police weapon was discharged in response, but nobody was injured. A New Jersey man pleaded guilty to 21 counts of larceny in an Amazon scam against senior citizens last week. He was accused of convincing a Massachusetts couple that they owed Amazon over $69,000. The 35-year-old Voorhees resident was sentenced to two and a half years in prison on Wednesday. New Jersey schools that refuse to teach the state's new sex education curriculum are facing penalties, but one Union County school district has taken issue with some of the lesson plans. When some parents in Garwood learned that it would include gender identity and sexual orientation, they demanded that their kids' schools stick to the old lesson plans. The Garwood School Board listened, saying no to the new sex ed standards and telling teachers to use their old lesson plans. The State Department of Education has warned it'll take disciplinary action against any school district that opts out, but hasn't said what that disciplinary action might entail. A series of catalytic converter thefts have been occurring across the country, and Morristown High School was the latest target last weekend. Local police report that the offenders possibly used hacksaws to remove the converters from nine special education school buses. The device can be melted down into valuable metals, making it a common theft occurrence recently. The school district insisted that the situation was handled and that there weren't disruptions to transportation, while some parents complained about rearranging their schedules to take their special needs children to school when the bus was not available. There were at least two suspects on surveillance footage, but it was too blurry to make any identifications. The floor of a restaurant and bar caved in during a wedding on Long Beach Island last weekend. None of the 200 guests were injured and all safely evacuated. Green Day closed the second See Here Now Festival in Asbury Park on Sunday. There were 30 bands over two days and Stevie Nicks headlined on Saturday. I am Carly Murray and that was the local news. I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. Thanks to thorough investigative work by Rowan University Police, the third suspect in the racial incident at Holly Point Commons has been identified and banned from campus, along with the other two perpetrators, none of which are Rowan students. As was shared last week, the individual who wrote the racial slur has been charged with harassment and will have his case adjudicated in Glassboro Municipal Court. 
All three suspects will face legal consequences if caught trespassing on Roan University property. The Rowan student who granted access to these visitors will face disciplinary action. As of September 12th, U.S. News and World Report released its annual Best College Rankings, once again placing Roan University among the top 100 public national universities in America. Rowan, which the Chronicle of Higher Education this summer, named the third fastest growing public research university in the nation, over the last decade more than doubled enrollment to roughly 23,000 students, added two medical schools, is creating New Jersey's first veterinary school, has become a Carnegie classified R2 high research activity institution, and partnered with Virtua Health on a historic mission to change medical education, research, and healthcare in South Jersey. Forbes magazine has also recognized Rowan as one of the fastest growing universities in the country and has ranked the university number 254 for top colleges, number 120 in the public colleges category, number 163 among research universities, and number 95 in the Northeast. Forbes also named Rowan, as well as its partners Virtua Health and Cooper University Healthcare, among the top employers in New Jersey. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting in the NBA, let's check in on a developing story regarding the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics second-year head coach Ime Udoka is facing a possible season-long suspension by the Celtics for violating the team's guidelines regarding staff-on-staff relationships. Udoka spent time as an assistant coach with the Spurs, 76ers, and Nets prior to his hiring as head coach with the Boston Celtics. After an extremely successful rookie season as head coach of the historic franchise, this news comes as a surprise to the NBA, the Celtics, their fans, but most importantly, Udoka's wife. Yes, you heard me correctly. Udoka violated employee guidelines and cheated on his wife in the same process. Udoka is married or perhaps recently divorced to Nia Long. Long is a famous actress and has appeared in Boys in the Hood along with the movie Friday. Should Udoka be suspended for the entire season, assistant coach Joe Mazzula would occupy his position as interim head coach. From one NBA team to another, let's talk about the Suns and Robert Sarver. After being hit with a one-year suspension and a $10 million fine from the NBA, along with tons of backlash from the NBA, their fans, and NBA athletes, Robert Sarver has begun the process to sell both the Phoenix Suns and their WNBA counterpart, the Phoenix Mercury. Sarver purchased both franchises for $401 million back in 2004 and has the chance to sell the team for nearly $2 billion. In the end, after Sarver sells these teams, he will be labeled as the loser in this situation by the media. But with a payday of $2 billion on the way, that's a hard point to argue. As we approach the end here, let's check in on the MLB. Aaron Judge and Albert Pujols are closing in on historical feats as Judge is aiming to break Roger Maris's AL record of 61 home runs in one season. With Judge hitting the 60 mark just this past week, I think it's safe to say he will blow the record out of the water with 13 games left. 
And for the machine, he is looking to close in on his 700th home run in the coming weeks, a feat only met by three others in history, Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth. Pretty good company, if you ask me. As we close out today's pro sports news right here on the Rowan Report, let's take a look at the wild card standings in the MLB. Toronto and the Blue Jays hold a two and a half game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays for that first wild card spot, as the Rays hold a half game lead over the Mariners for that second wild card spot. The Orioles are four games back, trying to make a late postseason push for that third wild card spot. They'll have to beat out the Mariners if they want to make it. In the NL, the Braves have an 11 and a half game lead over the Padres for the first spot. Padres with a one and a half game lead over the Phillies for the second, and the Phillies with a two and a half game lead over the Brewers for. For the third wild card spot. Well, that'll just about do it for myself. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. with your Roan Report business update. Walmart is hiring 40,000 seasonal and full-time workers for the holiday season. The retail giant says it's filling various positions, including seasonal and customer service associates, as well as 1,500 truck drivers. Walmart is working on building its fleet for private trucking this year and increased potential pay for the first year up to $110,000 annually. Renting a single-family home still costs more than it did last year. Lisa Taylor has more. The financial services company CoreLogic says rents were 12.6% higher this July compared to the same month last year. Miami led the way with a nearly 31% jump, while Phoenix rents increased by more than 12%. However, CoreLogic's principal economist noted the continued slowdown of increasing rents compared to previous months this year. I'm Lisa Taylor. The market is closing lower as fears of a recession grow. This comes after the Federal Reserve hiked interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point Wednesday. Experts worry further rate hikes will push the U.S. economy into a recession. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 107 points to 30 to 76, the S&P 500 fell 31 points to 37 to 57, and the Nasdaq dropped 153 points to 11 to 66. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says the central bank is strongly committed to bringing inflation down. The Fed raised interest rates by three-quarters of a percentage point, and Powell says he sees more rate hikes happening in the near future. Powell said the rapid growth rate of the economy from last year has slowed tremendously, and the current state of sectors like the housing market reflect these numbers. He added gas prices have gone down but still remain higher than past averages, thanks in part to Russia's war in Ukraine. Powell said high inflation causes issue for most Americans, and the Fed will be looking for compelling evidence that inflation is cooling off so they can slow down rate hikes. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Colon. The child molestation lawsuit against comedians Tiffany Haddish and Ari Spears is being dismissed. The suit, filed by an anonymous Jane and John Doe, accused Haddish and Spears of using them in sexually inappropriate comedy skits when they were children. Now the Jane Doe who filed the lawsuit asked the judge to dismiss the case for good. She also released a statement saying, My family and I have known Tiffany Haddish for many years, and we now know that she would never harm me or my brother or help anyone else do anything that could harm us. We wish Tiffany the best and are glad that we can put all of this behind us. However, Haddish told reporters the suit cost her everything, including all of her jobs, but that she feels relieved now that the whole thing is behind her and expressed regret at having participated in the sketch. 
Shakira is opening up about her alleged case of tax fraud as prosecutors in Spain seek a prison sentence. The international pop star sat down with Elle to call the accusations false and that she paid everything she owes. This comes after prosecutors asked she be sentenced to eight years in prisons and pay a fine of $24 million. Shakira was offered a settlement but instead chose to go to trial. A date for that trial has not yet been set. The late Betty White's most treasured possessions go on sale this week in a massive online auction. The Hollywood icon died at age 99 last New Year's Eve. Her many personal items up for auction include a Golden Girl script signed by White and co-stars, as well as her original director's chair from her time on the hit sitcom. There's even a signed copy of John Steinbeck's Nobel Prize acceptance speech, which the esteemed novelist gave to White and her late husband, who were Steinbeck's close friends. More than 1,600 of Betty White's treasures will be available online at Julian's auctions from this Friday through Sunday. Kanye West says he's not attempting to sell his music catalog. The rapper wrote on Instagram, Just like Taylor Swift, my publishing is being put up for sale without my knowledge. He continued that his catalog is not for sale. This comes after it was reported West had been shopping around his lucrative music catalog for different potential buyers over the past few months. Global superstar Jennifer Lopez is kicking off a $14 billion campaign to invest in Latina entrepreneurs. She's speaking out on the cause as Hispanic Heritage Month gets started. James Bond producers are looking for a new actor to play the legendary character that will commit to the franchise for a decade. Variety reports the search for the new 007 is still in the early days. For some time, it seemed it was all leading to actor Idris Elba taking over the role, but he recently said he doesn't see Bond when he looks in the mirror. The producers say most young actors think they want to be Bond, but don't realize it would be no shorter than a 10 to 12 year process. Actor Chris Redd, popular for impressions of New York City Mayor Eric Adams, is now the eighth cast member to depart Saturday Night Live. Redd called the job an experience of a lifetime, and his departure follows exits by other veterans like McKate McKinnon, Aidan Bryant, Kyle Mooney, and Pete Davidson. I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.